0: Hey, good morning, Adam. How you doing today? I'm doing great, Jack. It's a good afternoon too. Wonderful afternoon. Great to be alive. Yes, it most is. Most days, any most days, anyway. <laughs> hey, I'm i I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Jack Mancini, and this is our podcast. Our podcast being Maximum Value Partners. Dirty secrets of small business. That's the name of the podcast. And Maximum Value Partners is a coaching company. That's our daytime job, and that's what we love also. we Honestly, we have a lot of fun with this stuff. We've been doing it together for 20 years, partners in business uh, during that 20 years. And we have talked to hundreds of, of small business owners, and we define small business as from 25 employees down to one. And sales in the $2 million range is – is uh, what makes up most of our business because they need the most help. And when we do get the right clients and in our 20 years, we developed some pretty good systems and and ways to do that. uh, We have success with this stuff. They're either going to be profitable. And after usually a couple of years, several years, the longest client we had has been with us for 12 years. Uh, Sometimes it just clicks where it becomes just so natural and comfortable that we we uh, just work as a team but every day small business owners everybody really but small business owners especially have problems have issues that they got to work through and they do they work them through but small business associate small business uh, uh, department basically says that 70% of companies that start today will not be around four years from now. So what does that mean? Well, they don't understand business. They don't do the right things. They make poor decisions generally. And it's not that they aren't trying hard, but just ignorance of the knowledge. So we can usually between, between Adam and I, we've bought companies, sold them, ran them, audited them, uh, valued them, sold them and help along the way to get all that stuff done. So, uh, what we do then is take a day's coaching and the kind of things we talked about during that day will become a podcast. So we got an endless stream of, of issues. We have, uh, how many do we have now, Adam? How many podcasts do we have? We're, we're quickly approaching 400. <clears throat> that, that includes four years of radio. We were doing a, a, a show on small business and that led to... You know, let's get into the podcast and just keep it rolling. So uh, just about any subject you could imagine is what we have in that podcast file. So we also, Adam and I, will take time to talk to successful small business owners, guys who have uh, kind of went against the grain, did the right sort of things. And by God, it's a great American story. You know, there's there's a payoff and it's a nice payoff for the guests that we have he's an interesting guy he's a good guy he's a smart guy he's a hard-working guy he's a little birdie but other than that uh he's doing pretty good and we'd like you to meet him we'll introduce him and uh we want to have a good time with you today so have fun and everybody relax fire away adam
1: (laughs) all right jack thanks for that uh that introduction and yes we're, we're, we're glad to have a guest here today as jack said we actually have a a returning guest um so you know some folks don't even get invited once you know this guy's getting invited twice so you know he's got to step up his game here a little bit which, which would be good but he was he was so good the first time and uh, so we want to welcome back ben eyed ben welcome back to the show
2: thanks adam thanks jack for having me good so, to see you ben
1: so we'll see. put a We'll put a link in our show notes. Uh, ben was actually on Valentine's Day, uh, uh, Valentine's Day 2019, so February 14th of 2019. We had we had Ben. That's back when we were still live in the studio, you know, be, be, before COVID. Um, and and at that point, Ben shared the story with us in terms of just you know how he grew up and got to the point. At that point, he had just finished buying out um, the, the the prior owner for his company, DNS Color Supply, and he was excited about the future because. You know the, the 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 shackles are finally off. You know Ben is finally able to do whatever he he wanted to do, and he's very excited about the growth. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have uh, we're going to Ben tell what's happened since then, kind of like that whole rest of the story type uh, type idea. But uh, for those who 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 missed Ben's original podcast, uh, Ben, would you mind just uh, giving people a couple minutes background on your on yourself in terms of kind of just you know kind of where you grew up and how you got into to DNS, and then uh, uh, kind of take us to where where we had the last podcast, you know, right when you bought Bill out, that's kind of where we've kind of completed. Let's give a couple minutes background for folks uh, so that, so they get a sense for you, Ben.
2: All right. I'll try to jam that into a couple minutes. <laughs> so, my, my career was death path was definitely not business owner, uh, but I was hard worker uh, intelligent, um, cared about every job that I ever had. My very first job ever was the car wash and, I was gonna be the best car washer there. Um, That was actually in Parma, it was quick car wash. Nice. Okay. And um, my business career at DNS Color Supplier, my career there basically started as, I worked in printing for a number of years. Uh, It was a career, it was a, uh, a trade actually. There were people making good money there, but it was a dying industry as you know, no one prints anything anymore. Um, and it was, I just knew it wasn't long-term for me, although, you know, there was some money to be made. (laughs) I had a friend that worked at DNS color supply, um, got me in on the ground floor as a driver. I basically took it as a part-time job. I had some money in the bank. Um, my friends were either in college. I wasn't, I never liked school. College wasn't in my career path either. Uh, so my friends were either in college or were doing nothing. So I had a couple bucks (laughs) <laughs> and I decided, well, maybe I'll go to school or ship gears or whatever. I got that as a part-time job. Um, and I was a gearhead, and it was in the automotive industry. So it just kind of clicked. I liked it. I saw that there was a lot of opportunity. It was a small business that was started in 1954. So they were well-established and, and um, you know, it was a, a decent business that time, yet, you know, a, a pretty small business. Um, the owner was very kind to me, had worked through many different challenges and issues with me over those that that time, and really gave me a shot at working hard and you know eventually running the place. So I was manager. I was actually store counter guy for after driver, and then I was manager, um, then vice president, ultimately president and owner. Uh, which we went through a deferred compensation buyout. He re- he retired officially. Um, about 10 years before I ended up selling the business. So I had run it for about eight years, seven or eight years uh, with, with his only involvement was as, as a mentor, um, a great mentor. <laughs> he, he was still there every day. Loved to come in. Um, he just was retired. He didn't, he, he couldn't <laughs> count on him to do anything, well, he, um, he but was, you couldn't count on him to talk to me. Well, he's your landlord uh, he too, me. right? So What's that
1: he was your landlord as well. Right. So, so he was there and you know, he, he had some space in the building still because of that. Right. Cause he, cause he still owned the building.
2: He absolutely yeah. did. He had an office and, uh, he, he, but again, his door was open to me literally 24 seven. So he, he did a fair amount of work with, with me personally. So there's a lot of uh, gratitude and there's a lot that I owe him for, for that, for that piece. Um, then yeah, I purchased the business we had actually been approached uh, by the folks who bought our business or my business at the time, um, years before that. Uh, but again, luckily Bill, uh, had enough of a relationship with me as a successor to bring me in on those conversations. And we never, he wasn't interested if I wasn't interested, which was great. Um, So he kept that promise to me and we worked through uh, the buyout. And after the buyout happened, just a few years into that, they approached me at that time. So it wasn't Bill and I, it was just me. My wife did work in the business at that time, um, but I was 100% shareholder owner and had all the decision-making power. And they kind of threw an offer at me that I... Kind Of with Jack's help, couldn't refuse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, wait a minute. So, there's yeah, so there is okay. So, that's a good job of, of summarizing a couple minutes to get us to where we were. You never stuff.
0: forgot that one, but right? Yeah, see, birds, <laughs> in, birds are in your, your
1: future, too. <laughs> who who would have known, right? So, yeah, the, the whole favorite phrase that Jack talked about was the bird in the hand thing. But so, so, but the, before we get there, so yeah, so we, we last had you in the air. You just taken over. Um, uh, Bill had played the bank for you for a while, and, and you actually went to the to, to a bank and got a check from the bank, and you 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 to pay Bill off. So it was finally you're finally able to do whatever you wanted to do. You could you could hire people, you could ra- get people raises, you could do all the things that 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 you weren't able to do because you had a, a another shareholder to, to to kind of respond to. So you're very excited about it, and yet this pesky calls kept coming. So it, it wasn't one call. It wasn't one. Meeting. It was you know they were constantly after you. And it was one of those things we kept saying, well, no, like I really want to take this thing and grow. Yeah, yeah, I'm finally in in the spot to kind of do it myself. And so as I recall, it was about a nine month period of, you know, where these guys were just, they wouldn't, they wouldn't stop. They kept coming at different ways, you know, and, and, and talking to you and, and just showing up and, um, and during that time, you were you were starting to make some changes in the business too, because again, there are things that that, that that you'd wanted to do, and you would you had helped grow tremendously. You talk about the, the fact that you know uh, Bill was basically out of the way for you know the, the last seven or eight years, and so you had grown the business you know quite a bit, and but you saw some future for that as well. But so talk about it. because like, a lot of folks who own companies, I think, get those phone calls, they get those emails, they get those letters coming in, and some people you talk to, it's just like. It's a total bother, total nuisance stuff. Okay, so, so talk about kind of where your your mindset was when all of a sudden you know the, these guys from uh, from Painter Supply kept calling you and just wouldn't stop. So let's talk about that 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 barrage of uh, or that push to kind of get you to to sell.
2: Right. Well, we had made a couple, or I had made a couple acquisitions of myself um, leading into that, which was something actually Bill wouldn't do. So you said you know you kind of talked about. me getting my freedom you know that was something that bill was not interested in he didn't want to have multiple locations um so once i got that opportunity like you said it wasn't very long in we had actually made uh two acquisitions and when they contacted me i was kind of like well i'm the one acquiring people (laughs) how are you acquiring me and why would that work and we've said no in the past um So why would that change? But yes, they were they were very persistent. Uh, I'll, I'll give them that. Um, and it kind of came down to uh, why wouldn't you walk through the process, right? Even if you walked away at the end of what they wanted to tell you, you you would learn something. That was kind of our our I think as a group here our thought process. And and ultimately my thought process was why not take the call? Why not take the meeting? Why not meet with these people and see what they have to say? You just kind of never know. Um, so, yeah, that's they were just persistent and it, it really seemed like it didn't make sense. Any business owner, or that I've learned over this time, is being a business owner, you need to pay attention to any opportunity, whether you kind of think it makes sense or not, to see where it leads and how it plays out. Right.
1: As I recall, and this is often what we'll do. I think a lot of folks will, will think this way. You know, when, when people are kind of pestering you from the outside like that, it, it's it's helpful to have kind of a number in mind to say, you know, because people often will talk about this this offer you can't refuse, and it's like, well, what the hell does that really even look like, you know? And so, um, so the, the fact, to your point, that not only that you had bought Bill out, so you, you'd gone through kind of you know doing that, and then you you know you made other acquisitions. You were f- at least familiar in terms of what that kind of looked like you know whereas I, th- I think a lot of people probably have no clue at all ben so at least you had you had, you had some of that so you had a sense of what you what you're thinking is worth but you also had a sense of saying, hey if I get a number that's that starts with with this well you know then maybe it it's maybe it's worthwhile right from that standpoint um and so you know I recall very early when, when, when they were doing it before we said hey let's go through the process we wanted to get them to a number that were where it's like, hey, if you guys can think you, you you can you know have something that starts with you know with this number, then yeah, maybe it's worth me spending some time kind of going through here. But until they got to that point, I, I remember them ratcheting it up. They kept, you know, they'd come back and push back. But it was so you're you were doing a little bit of negotiation to start with this, hey, you know, before I even invite you guys in, you know, you, you gotta be somewhere around here. And so I think having that in mind to kind of know, okay, well, hey, here's before I get emotional and get really involved with this thing, it, it, it you know, uh, if I have something in this ballpark, at least I know we have something that's, that's at least worth kind of talking about. And so they'd finally, I think got to that point where you said, okay, let's, let's go through the process and see how this kind of, how this kind of goes, because it's, it's not easy. And we talk to people about this. It's almost like having a second full-time job to try to respond to some of these requests and the meetings and diligence requests. Um, now, fortunately, I think at that point, Ben, you, you know, you'd had a lot of good systems in place. And so for you to get this stuff and get information, it was, it was, it wasn't too difficult for you at that point. Uh, but again, just as you kind of went, went through that process, talk a little bit about, yeah, you know, how invasive maybe it was, or was, you know, was it, was it a fun process? Was it was annoying, you know, you know, talk about some of the emotions in terms of kind of going through that process of getting poked and prodded.
2: Um, For me, it was very stressful. It was definitely difficult. Um, the, the process, luckily, as you said, I, I had many processes in place already. So m- many of the items they needed to get from me because I was strong with my PL and and I had access to information. It was organized. Um, most of that I was able to find most of the time. Um, but they would ask you for the same things over and over again. You know, I already sent that to you, send it again. I already sent that to you, send it again. (laughs) So there was a fair amount of, uh, of that. And there was a fair amount of, uh, you know, it's two o'clock and we need this by five, um, you know, or else kind of thing. So it was, for me, it was stressful. Um, my advice there would be, if you ever think about selling your business, you definitely need to make sure you have, uh your p and your taxes and your banking and all that stuff kind of straight because they are going to ask you over and over and over again where all this is. And so if you're running a cash business and you can't prove where this money came from, you know, those become, <laughs> turn into real challenges. Um, so yeah, it, it was stressful for me. I'll be honest, it was hard. And and the emotions of, um you know, I had a great team and a great culture that, I groomed over many years, and they really were a team. They were my family. Um, Some folks, we had one guy who was new to the company who was a real ace at the time and still is still works for them. Um, I never really got to work with them. I pulled them from another job. And then not too deep in, um, you know, I'm like, hey, this is where we're at. So that was a lot of sleepless nights because, uh, you know, I, I really cared about that. And then I also really cared about my customers. I had a number of customers that to this day are friends of mine. Um, in a couple of weeks, I got a wedding of one of the children of one of my customers. Um, <laughs> cool. the, the kid is inviting me to the wedding, you know, the whole family's <laughs> excited that we're there and you know, um, so to tell those folks, hey, you know, I, I, we, we have this relationship and I promised you this and I promised you that, but now it might, you know, potentially change. Uh, that, that was a lot. It was very hard for me. All
0: right.
1: You know, as you're talking about that, you know, about bringing on that new that new employee and the, the things you're doing. And so one of the things that we will talk to our clients about, and you, and you did a really good job with this, Ben, which was to keep running the company. You know, the fact that you're, you're going through a process like this and maybe you're considering selling the last thing you want to do is take your foot off the gas. And, 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 and that can be very hard because all of a sudden, yeah, you're trying to weigh, well, gee, well, should I bring this guy in? Because you know, what if we sell? And he's you know, like, well, well, what if we don't sell? All right. So it, 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 you're having that
2: internal battle. Yeah, it, And that, that happened to me because we had to, we moved out a key employee and brought in a key employee like during the negotiations so it was a real struggle on but you have to run the business like you're running like none of this is happening
1: right yeah i remember that we, we, we talked about it. so well, hey can't can't we leave the, the the current employee can, can we leave that for the, to be their problem to deal with you know versus like well no, it's like hey that's not, not the right way to do stuff you know and so uh to your credit ben you you did a great job of you know of taking ownership of that and said look no, this is this is my deal i'll, I'll deal with that issue and, and and kind of make it, you know, make it happen. Now, <clears throat> when, what, what, when we were meeting, and you know, we meet every few weeks, and obviously, for like I said, for a, a good six to nine months, this was a big, a big part of our topic of, of conversations. And and it, it was, it was constantly kind of back and forth. And right, hey, and you, you, I can't remember how many times you asked Ben. You, you asked a number of times, like, well, should I take it? You know, you, what do you guys think? And that's where, Jack, that's where the that whole the whole bird in the hand thing, you know, kind of started coming out in terms of like, well, hey, here's where where things are. And to give people a little bit of perspective too, you know, so the the industry that that Ben was in with DS Color was a consolidating industry, so there 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 were a number of players in the industry who were buying up, you know, places like Ben uh, like Ben's place, and so we had a sense in terms of, well, hey, this is not going to go on forever, but you know, if you're going to sell, you know, we, we had a good sense of what what the market looked like, and you, you were looking around and saying, hey, well, if I don't sell, and I'm the only you know, uh, independent guy left, you know, what does that mean for me? So there, there are a lot of these, again, in terms of this kind of big picture, people often think it's it's so simple. It's like, Hey, it's, it's all about the money. It's like, well, you know, the money's important and, you know, it, it it's part of it, but you're touching on the other pieces. Well, look, I've got a team here and these are, they aren't my family, but <clears> they're, they're like my family. I, I really care what happens to these people. And so I think a lot of folks miss that Ben. So I think I, I'm glad you brought that, because, brought that up because it, it was a big part of it. But I can't remember which time it was, but um, there was a time when you got up and left our meeting. I turned to Jack. I said, "Okay, this deal is going to happen." I get a sense, you know, we we'd been through enough kind of the back and forth, the back and forth, and and, and you know, you had come to that conclusion. Like you, you hadn't said it, yet, but I said, "This deal is going to happen" because you know, I, there was a shift somewhere, and and you know, I think part of it was it, we had gotten rid of the, the the troublesome employee, brought the new one on, and you're kind of like, "Hey, however this goes." I'm ready to kind of go, and so um, once that happened, it was—I think it was a couple months—but I could sense it, just a, a weight lifted off your shoulders because you—you you, you were able to stop having to try to balance the hey, I got to keep running this thing versus looking at maybe selling it. Once you kind of decided you were all in, and you're—you're going, you're, yeah, you're like, hey, that's—that's kind of go. Let's make sure we get this thing done. Let's make sure we handle things handle things the right way. And one of the things that happened was. You agreed to stay on, um, you know, once they bought, because, you know, people often ask, well, hey, you know, you can leave, you can stay on. You had the option to be able to kind of stay on. And so let's talk about that in terms of when, when that was kind of brought up. You know, what were your feelings about that? your thoughts about that? Um, you know, why were you interested in staying on versus what were you thinking maybe wouldn't be a good idea to stay on? But let's talk about kind of what some of those thoughts were in terms of sticking with the, with
2: the painter supply. Yeah, they wanted me on a lot of levels to stay on. Um, I was a key employee. They recognized that I had built that business and I had built that culture. And they were smart enough to understand that they're running it from afar. So, having me involved in the same capacity, basically, that I was involved in before, would really be good for them. Um, I could still run it and manage it. I can handle key customer accounts. Um, we had some key initiatives that I drove that I could still drive you know, products and processes. And they, as a consolidator, they were t- turn and burn. So they wanted to buy it and then be able to move on to the next one. And if they left me in place, they, they knew they could do that. Um, so that was, I think, part of their motivation. Part of mine was I could stay with my team um, which felt good. Hey, I'm not going anywhere. You know, I thought that was great. Uh, it was an industry that I knew and understood and it was the only industry I knew and understood. I wasn't, um, entrepreneur Ben that maybe I'm trying to be today. I was a guy who owned a business and in an industry that I was in for 25 years, um, which was, uh, at that point more than half my life. So, (laughs) It was scary thinking like, hey, just go home, you know, and figure it out. Um, And I didn't get, you know, buy an island money where that would have been great. Um, So I still had to, at my age, I definitely still had to work. um, And this was something that I already knew. And again, staying with my team, I think, was the the thing that made it the easiest for me. Out of my, you know, home location, I, I kept my office, the whole thing. Um, so it was pretty easy to kind of say yes to that for a little while
1: right now as I recall like you said they, they, they were pumping you up and they, they were trying to convince you to be more of like a regional manager and you know to your point hey come oversee a handful of these things and and so they, they were really trying to you know I, I think your point as they got to know you through this process they said hey this is this this could be a really key guy in our organization I, I think part of you too as we talked about that was well hey you never really worked for a big company like that before. And you're like, well, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe there's something to it. Maybe, you know, me, I I could check it out. But you you said, Hey, I have no desire to be traveling around and be, you know, be gone for weeks at a time. And, you know, let me just kind of stay with your point. Let me kind of stay with my team here, see how things kind of go. So, um, so one of the big moments obviously is when you kind of let it out and let people know that this is going to happen. And people will often ask about that. And so, tell them a little bit about how that kind of happened over a couple day period in terms of how you let some of your key people kind of know what was going on versus then, you know, uh, you and the, and then the new owner kind of let the team talk about that too. Cause that's often a, I think it's one of people's scariest moments. Like what happens here, I'm in front of the team. And all of a sudden I got to, I got to tell them stuff. Like, how does that go? So talk about that process a little bit, Ben.
2: Yeah, that was, that was very stressful for sure. Um, I had a. Um, manager, uh, Rich Carlson was my right-hand man, this young man that we brought in about 10 years previous to that. He was, um, (laughs) he was, he was our operations manager. I did culture top line stuff, and he ran the, the day-to-day extremely well. And I, he, he was definitely on the team in it to win it. My, you know, we were friends on, on a lot of levels and he counted on me and I counted on him. So he was the first guy that I grabbed and pulled him aside on his own. And, and he kind of stood the most to lose, but, but also the most to gain um, and was probably going to be the most concerned about it. So I, I got him separately, um, walked through that, which was very hard. He was he, he struggled with it at first, um, but he, he understood. And then um, when it was the entire, then I just kind of went to the entire team after that. It was really only that one key guy that I pulled aside. Um, And at that point, um, it was somewhat, it was very hard for me to say, but it was clinical. The papers were being signed. There there wasn't much of a discussion. There was a discussion with Rich, but for most folks, I kind of just had to tell them, but it didn't, it, it was still hard. It was still stressful. Uh, it wasn't something that I wanted to do. Uh, and it was really, really hard when the team from painter supply came in because they do it very aggressively. They, they were not, I, I, wasn't even supposed to tell rich. I was supposed to kind of keep this to myself and they literally hid in the parking lot. Um, <laughs> and I texted them. I got to, I call it, you know, a company meeting, right. a mandatory one that you had to be at. Uh, and they, they waited outside and I texted them and they just come in and kind of like, yeah, you're all fired and now you're hired. And I, 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 and it wasn't a great process in my opinion, but I understand, you know, I understand why, uh, but that was really tough. Uh, so luckily most of my folks were already keyed into that. And I gave them the, Hey, pretend like, you know, you never heard of this before, um, right. But you're not supposed to
0: act that. so right. yeah. that's, yeah, that's a big deal. That's
2: a big deal to do it. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: I don't know if I would give it. You know, I don't know if that's good advice. I'm just telling you my story. Like that's yeah. what I chose to do. Um, and I, I just really thought it was the right thing to do. Again, my my folks, luckily for me, really believed in me. Um, and what my vision of the company was, and for that to change to someone else's vision, um, that's not what they signed up to do, right? So that was tough.
0: Yeah, did uh, many quit?
2: Did, did any
0: of them quit because of that?
2: No, we had one that I threatened to, we had we definitely had a struggle, um, situation, but. No, 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 no one left. They all, I think me staying on was a big part of that. Um, And I was completely honest with them at at the time. I I am staying on. I planned on staying on. Um, Painter Supply was, they had money. They have money. They're aggressive. uh, They're still growing. Um, You know, I, I thought I could really genuinely make that work and why not run this, you know, in this environment for a couple of years and I, I could have retired technically early by just, you know, growing in that company. Again, as you said, Adam, they offered to promote me within the first year that I was there. Um, so it was a genuine, uh, hey, I think I'm I'm in it with you guys to stay. Uh, and unfortunately, that you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that. Did it change? But that wasn't my initial. I was very truthful on that. I stayed on for a reason.
1: No, that's uh, I think that's key, and I think your point about having Rich too, you know, Rich being a key guy. So look, you know, if he and I are, are standing in front of the group and 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 we're here, and he's got my back, you know, from their standpoint, a lot of people worry about is well, what does it mean for me, right? You know, not that we aren't happy for you, Ben, or anything, but it's always like, well, what does this mean for me and my day to day? What's going to happen? And your point, well, I know what Ben's like as a boss, you know, I know what Rich's like as a boss, right? So that double that I know kind of thing versus hey. Who are these folks? Kind of coming in, and as you're describing the scene, it's like straight out of a out of a movie, right? Here they are waiting. You know, I can hear the music playing. That that that. or are You know, sneaking in. And okay, here we are. You know, you know, kind of ready to go. Um. So I think that I think that's a that's a key thing. Um. I, I'm curious. Another thought what went, went through my head is you know as you are as you uh, got into this deal and you and you knew it was going to happen. Um. Who was the first person you talked to about it? You know, besides your wife, obviously. But you know, was it? friend of yours was it your dad you know you know who'd you kind of let it out you know where it started to become real at that point because also you, you tell somebody else you know, I was like oh shit this is like a, this is like real now right so who was that first person do, do, do you remember that you know telling that person
2: it was my dad yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah my 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 dad's a key guy that way um i had my my dad and then almost in succession um because he couldn't really understand it he didn't he, all of my business life up until today my dad is kind of not a mentor to me in that way because he's never done this and so he always thinks uh you know I don't know what to tell you or you know are, are you crazy or you know he, he he's he's a cheerleader but he definitely is like gosh you're asking the wrong guy um so I actually went to two, I went to two customers that I had that I'm again t- still friends with to this day. Um, and I talked to them about it. They were like, you know, 20 year plus friends of mine that were successful business owners as well. Um, so I talked to some of them, um, again, is that, would that be my advice to go let that out to a, a customer? And I no, I guess it wouldn't be advice, but that's what I did. And and they were, um, very supportive and had a lot of good questions and information and, because they were cheerleaders of mine um they kind of gave me the jack mancini answer they're like what do you <laughs> what's going on around here just get, get going you know um <laughs> but yeah that was probably my that was not probably that was my first order of, of folks to talk to
1: right, no it's good and, and and i appreciate you sharing it because again every story is a little bit different but you know as you're describing it you know you find people who, who you kind of trust and I think we all have those, you know, whether it be employees, whether it be customers, whoever, if you have folks like that, those are good folks to just kind of, again, just kind of make sure because it's a big decision. And so you just want to kind of make sure, am I just considering all these kind of things? Am I misreading something? You know, dear point, talking to the customers is probably good because they probably knew about painters and they probably had a sense for painters in terms of, okay. And there's a reason why they were with you and said, okay, well, wait a minute. Like, Wait, now you guys are leaving. I have to. We have to go with those guys, or or, or, or you, anyway, you can kind of see what was kind of going. On. You, you could hear stuff that maybe you wouldn't have heard heard otherwise. But that's a you know again, it's a common kind of thing. because it's, it's a it's it's one of those hard things to keep in, right? I mean, because again, it's yep. it, it, it's a big life decision. It's like oh, you can't talk to anybody. It's like wait a minute, yeah, yeah That's just, It's it's so unrealistic in terms of. Uh, no, I had to talk to
2: some people. Well, another key one was our shared friend Jeremy Orsky. So I I talked with him as well. <laughs> right. And luckily at that time. We were courting him to be a customer, but he wasn't a customer yet. So I was able to, I was able to talk to him a bit about it and it, him and he's got, luckily he, him and I are very well aligned on, you know, it was another business owner who was growing and aggressive and was someone I could talk to as as well.
1: That's right. And we'll get to Jeremy here in a minute. Cause he, he's obviously part of the storage to kind of go through this. So let's, okay. So, so we got to the point now where you decide to sell the heart, the heart parts done in terms of making that decision getting the word out there and say, so, okay. And, and knowing you and loving you as we do, Ben, we know that you're coming in day one, you know, you know, as an employee of Painter Supply now, and you're ready to go 100%. Like you're all in, ready to kind of go. You know, you had ideas about, as you mentioned before, things you wanted to keep on doing and be able to kind of grow. There were lots of discussions you'd had with the folks at Painters about some of those things in terms of, you know, what you had done with your team and everything else. But so let's talk about that, that year, because part of it too is there were still some doubts in your mind. And, and you know, even though you, you went through the deal. I remember you still. Hey, I still have a. You know, there's still something back there where it's kind of, kind of non. I mean, you know, you know sh- should I, should I've done it? Should I've waited? You know, whatever it might be. But so talk about that. Um, you know, that first year after selling, and also now you're back to being an employee again. You're part of a big company. Again. Talk about what that, what that whole environment was like. Um, going into that. Yeah, l-
2: luckily they were. Painters was really pretty hands off with me from the standpoint of I did what I needed to do in the course of a day. I didn't have a tracker on me or any sort of thing of that nature. But the thing um, that was tough for me was that they, you know, they just do business differently than I do. I, I have my version of how something should be done and they have their version of how something should be done. And I don't think either one of us was wrong. We were both successful. Obviously they were arguably more successful than me. Um, but I had a lot of customer care issues that, you know, that just, that they, that wasn't their culture to be as strong customer focused as we were. They just, I don't even think we're maybe able to um, at their size. Uh So that was a a challenge. They just went to market differently than we did. Um, So I just think that, yeah, working for some, I worked just as hard for them as I did for myself. Um, And I didn't have any resentment against that. Uh I just, uh, I will say I did struggle to work within their environment. So for instance, we would get a new customer, And we would we worked on these deals with customers and we had contracts with them. You had to negotiate a contract. Well, my contract negotiations, it was me Um, In their contract negotiations. It was me and five other people that were above me that would just tell me no to this, no to that, change this, change that, tweak this, argue with this person. And so I went in the play the elevator game up and down with my customer and those folks um, which just wasn't something I was used to doing. It made sense to them from a procedure standpoint. I understand in a lot of cases why they had those procedures in place. In place, um, but it was it was it was very hard to to work with for for me personally.
0: Making making uh, making the the switch from big corporations to smaller companies, entrepreneurs is one of the most difficult things involved with these things. In other words, if you never worked with a big corporation, uh, and then they usually come from big corporations, the, the uh, you know, the equity companies that come out and do these consolidations. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty shocking and annoying, and it makes you think 10 times over, why did I do this? There had to be days like that, plenty of them, and it's just very frustrating. Yeah, I could, I could see that, understand it perfectly. Yeah, the,
2: well, their steps to solving a problem were four times longer than mine. You know, right. My, I got two steps and they have 12, you know, to to do the same thing because you had to check all these boxes and do all these. And I think, you know, again, I understand some of those processes, uh, and especially at their size. Um, but boy, it just made it tough to uh tough to deal with and I think, tough for customers and tough for everyone in, involved in the situation.
0: Yeah. Oops, I'm talking.
1: Sorry, I'm talking. Yeah, so it, it probably helps that PPG was your big supplier, you know, when, when you were at DNS. So you had, you had a chance to kind of see what a big corporation kind of works like. But it's, it's one thing to be you know, on the outside and they're, and they're a vendor to you versus now all of a sudden, well, now you're you're, you're inside the, the kind of belly of the beast, so to speak. And and so a lot of that bureaucracy, which is like kryptonite to me, you know, again, you know, I, I can't stand it either, Ben. And so I I, I, I I commiserate with you in terms of the frustration of having, to, you know, hey, something that could have been done in two days took, took us two months to get done because of all these these silly things and, and uh, it, becomes, it becomes challenging. And so, so the deal with Painters was uh, closed in October of 2019. And Um, I was mentioned some of those doubts that were there and and, and, uh, about six months in to to, to the deal happening, all doubts got erased when COVID hit and all of a sudden things just stopped. And I I remember, I remember we we talked to you, I think it was, uh, it was either late April, early May of 2020. And you, I I think you were, you just got done mowing your lawn or something like that. Yeah. Cause it, there wasn't much to do because you couldn't go out and, you know, a big part of your job at that point was going out and trying to sell. You said, well, yeah, I can't see anybody, so I, I'm just I'm just I gotta sit around and, and and things aren't happening, or you know, it just it was a strange time. And something obviously that you know, and all the machinations of, of the prior year that we were thinking about doing this deal, nobody ever thought about some worldwide pandemic starting to happen, right? So okay, so hey, boy, I'm glad I'm not the guy that, that owns this anymore. And um, you you had signed a one-year deal with them to kind of stay on. And um, so talk about leading up to that to to that one year uh anniversary i'm sure you said they're offering you promotions everything else so what were you thinking at that point in terms of okay you know i'm almost a year into this thing now working for these guys you know how did you decide to hit the eject button versus down with those guys
2: well some of the challenges i just mentioned were part of it yeah that covid thing was boy the bird was really in the hand in that situation (laughs) i mean we they Luckily for them and good for them, you know, they, that industry recovered quickly, but I remember, you know, remember the first month we lost 40% of our business. Nobody was driving a car. You couldn't, you couldn't go anywhere. So no one's going to get in a collision. No body shop's going to need any paint. So you're not going to sell anything. So uh, not to mention your HR department and how you were handling, who's coming to work, who's not coming to work, putting up acrylic screens and stickers on the floor and like all that stuff you had to go through. Um, Yeah. I I cut my lawn while they figured that out. Um, So God bless them for that. And they, they they did figure it out. They they were great. Um, But yeah, really. uh, And then the, the struggles that I already mentioned were really just ongoing uh, and really started to uncover more and more and more of them. I, I knew there was a point to where, I couldn't get past, you know, we had a sales manager who we just didn't see eye to eye and he was going to do it. His super smart guy, again, no ill will towards any of these folks or their processes, but it was just tough for me to to work with. Um, And my buddy owned multiple body shops in our market. And he approached me and said, well, I know you're not happy. So if that doesn't work out, I got a seat for you. Um, And that really, it took me, uh, you know, out of the corporate world, uh, yes, back to still working for somebody, um, but that somebody literally didn't want my job.
0: So was willing
2: to give me, um, you know, all the necessary lead that I need to honestly affect change. And that was the problem that I ultimately couldn't get past. I couldn't affect change at Painter Supply. I could work for them and I could get new customers, but I I couldn't affect change. Um, And when my friends said, hey, I want you to affect change. I'd prefer you did it rather than me. um, Boy, that was it was just a great opportunity. So, you know, luckily I had some friends in the business I was able to move over to.
1: So that and and that friend is is the, the aforementioned Jeremy, right? So I said I said Jeremy will come back. So here here's a guy who's telling you what a great idea it was to sell. And you have to say, wait a minute, did you do that in purpose, Jeremy? Were you scheming this whole thing? You you, you kind of knew that if if I sold it, eventually I I, you know, I could come work for you one day. I mean, did you guys have that discussion yet? I mean, it, it, you know, was it that well thought out by Jeremy, or just happened to kind of line up like that?
2: If it wasn't purposely thought out by him, where he won't admit it, I know subconsciously it's there. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy's very tactical and very smart that way. So I'm sure the the first mention of me considering a thing like this, uh, um, he thought, oh, great. And I know he did. We talked to him about it. So the, when I discussed, even when I was in the deal, I, I was talking to Jeremy about it. And so um, he didn't say anything at the time, but I'm his wheels <laughs> were turning.
1: Oh yeah, well, and 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 full disclosure, as you know, you know we we were working with Jeremy and his team at that point too, and so your name was coming up at some points. He's like, "Hey, how's Ben doing? How's Ben?" Okay, well, ask him. Yeah, you know, it's okay. And so, um, but you were in a good position where you said, "Hey, you were able to name your price." Said, oh, look, I'll come work for it. But at your point, here's the terms that that I want. You know, I want this kind of control and kind of, you know be able to kind of do stuff. And so, it gave you a chance to get back into more of an entrepreneurial uh, uh, effort again, like you said um at that point they, they, they had three different locations and so there, there was plenty of stuff for you to do and to kind of get into so um so you made the jump from um from working for painters and now working for your friend and so you, and here you are now back in more of an entrepreneurial environment you're also kind of working for a friend a little bit um but talk about that 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 transition a little bit in terms of what happened and then obviously within was it eight months after you joined all of a sudden things changed there yeah, too but yeah you know, so let's let's, let's, let's talk, talk about that a little bit too.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... So yeah, it was great. Like I said, because I was immediately um, able to affect change. So I could run culture again. I could, you know, work directly with key vendors, key customers, key employees, um, and that was that was great. Jeremy had some great people working for him, um, and he needed a lot of stuff done. So having free reign to really tune up stuff and 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 change people's opinions and uh, work with again with key vendors was actually pretty cool. It was hard. Um it was a different industry than I was in. So dealing with in insurance companies was something that I talked to body shops about, but it wasn't something I had to sit through. Um and sitting through it is different than just talking to them about it. uh, 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 Body shop owners that are listening right now. Yeah yeah, you (laughs) when you say to your vendor, you don't know until you sit in that seat. Um, you're right. Uh, <laughs> I knew what to expect, but dealing with, it was a little, little different. Um, so I had to learn, you know, a lot of stuff on the fly, which was stressful. That was tough. I, I had, to, I made some mistakes, you know, um, I had to pull Jeremy in on a few things. Hey man, I don't know what to do here. I know you hired me to be the smart guy, but this is you know really difficult. And if we lose this vendor, you know, this is your business. And so, um, I had to, that I wasn't used to in my old business. I was I was the guy who knew everything and everyone came to, and in this case, I definitely was someone who was new. I, I had a lot of business experience and a lot of um, HR and working with employees experience. I hired and let go. I think eleven people in the time that I worked with them. Um, so that was you know something I knew very well but when it came to the particulars of some of the business uh, that I had to learn on the fly, which was uh, stressful for sure. Right.
1: Well, it's good, you know, having that, that friend relationship kind of coming in. Some people, you know, would might be a little, um, Oh, just maybe that handle it so well. Whereas you're just like, Oh, hey, you're, you're coming in. And what was nice about it, you came in with that owner's mentality, even though you're an employee at this point, because of what you've been through. And so you're able to see stuff and, and, and knowing, you know, ask questions, you know, you know, one of the dumbest things to do is not to ask a question, you know, and, and just assume that I know stuff and, and going around. So being comfortable that way to be able to have those kind of discussions and be able to kind of bring them in and say, that's hey, okay. Um, that's an important thing to be able to, to, to be able to do with folks. And uh, so, and you guys maintain your friendship through this and your point, you got a little different, a little different view. Cause that, yeah, like we were mentioning about, you know, being on the outside, working, you know, working with a PPG, you know, a big company is one thing versus being inside a big company. Same thing's true. You you were, you know, your customers were all were all uh, body shops. You you kind of knew that industry, but you said, "Hey, I appreciate now. It's very different being you know being in that seat." It it didn't take long; like it was almost instantly. Like, holy cow, this is yeah, just uh, the 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 variables that 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 they were dealing with at that point. I remember you saying, "Hey, just yeah, this is." It's, a little, it's much different than I thought it was going to be, you know. But uh,
2: customer interaction was something I—I I had, you know, we did, we were B two B, and so we had a lot of. You're once you've got a customer, you could have that customer for 20 years. So you dealt with that person over and over and over again. Sure, ups and downs, but in in his side of the industry, you got new customers off the street, you know, every single day. So you got new attitudes, new ways of think you know thinking about like you were constantly challenged with well i never heard that complaint before you know (laughs) um and that would be literally all day every day and i had those you know once a week maybe um so that was a a striking difference for sure too
1: so i i gotta believe every time you walked into jeremy's office he's sitting there with a big smile just going okay one thing that ben finally discovered today the things i've been telling about for years he finally goes yep you're right jeremy one of those guys so he probably had a lot of fun with that in terms of you know how often you're telling me he was right, but that's why I balanced out. Now you guys are still friends. Now, which is good. Um, so, but I think it was um, was it six months into that when you found out something was changing? You know, when did uh, when did Jeremy let you know that there were some some changes about?
2: Yeah, I think that's about right. Um, we had I had got into a, a couple pretty heated arguments with uh, some internal folks there who knew what I some things I didn't know. So I was back to trying to affect change and some folks started to block me from doing that because it involves spending money and, you know, doing different things. And I, you know, so I was angry at that. And then Jeremy came and I'm sure I was in his uh, I never asked him this, but I know I'm in the top three to five people, you know, that he came to right away and said, hey, I'm going to tell you this. Um, Nobody knows. But, you know, uh, here's why this is happening. Um, So that was actually a weight off my shoulders because I was like, you know, that guy, what's his problem, you know, and uh, (laughs) and he controlled the money. So, you know, good for him. He was doing his job. Um, And honestly, um, I know that he understood that I would understand, right? Um, You know, Teresa was real concerned that I would be frustrated. Hey, we just pulled you from your business. And then six months in, we're telling you we're out of here. Um, and luckily, because I had been on the other side of that 100% the other way, so I was getting told now six months <laughs> later, eh, sorry, we're, we're, we're out of here, um, I was nothing but excited uh, for, for, because I knew how that felt, You know what that smelled like, what it tastes like, what it felt like. So um, that was great for Jeremy and Teresa, and I. And I it was exciting, actually. And um, I had learned dealing with these insurance companies and some other different folks was not, maybe not for me either. So <laughs> it was great because I didn't have to quit.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I remember, you know, you know Jeremy is very nervous about
1: it. He, he was worried, you know, to your point, you know, how's Ben going to react and everything else. And I remember he, he told us, I mean, he was, he was getting choked up. He said, he said, Ben was genuinely excited. Like he's almost more excited than, than, than we were. Right. He goes, he said, because he said, we he, he say he, he truly, he truly gets it. He said, but he, he's truly excited and happy for us. And then he said, yeah. Then he said, he was kind of thinking about, you know, this wasn't maybe the, the right fit for him anyway. So, you know, dear it kind of, it, it all worked out. It all worked out for the best. Now, um, one of the things that's coming to mind too is I was trying to think about this. Did you take any time off during this? Or you, you went straight from you sold your business, went to work for painters, and then when you decided to leave painters. Did you have any time off before you started work for Jeremy?
2: Like two months, yeah, I, I, two maybe three, I think. Um, no, I didn't. And that would that if I gave advice to someone, that would be you should have done that. Um, that was actually advice I gave to Jeremy when when he said, <laughs> "Hey, I'm out of here." Uh, I know him real well. You guys know him. He's he's going to be on to the next thing as fast as he can. Uh, And I really cautioned him. I made a big mistake not taking any time off. And I says, man, if you can putz around for a year before you figure out what you're going to do next, I would would highly advise that. Um, Because, yeah, just jumping right into the next thing, your head's just – it was one emotional rollercoaster. So it was sell your business, go through COVID, quit your business work for another business, they sell their business, yeah. now you're out of a job. All that happened to me in two years. <laughs> That's
0: right. That's a lot, a lot <laughs> of stress there. That, that, you know, you, you don't know it until you go through it. You can't explain those feelings. That yeah. they're, they're big times, you know, they're, they're, they aren't all they're going in the same direction, so. So one of the, so one of the
1: things I'm learning today, Jack, as we listen to Ben tell some of the story is, he's, he's really good at giving advice and it's good advice. Unfortunately, he doesn't necessarily listen to his own advice because I I know what happened when so when so Jeremy sold it was July of uh, 21. I think he worked, I think he gave your two week notice and you, you know, you were done like two weeks later, right? You did take off. I think it was two months at that point. You took off August and September. You you know, you you wanted to enjoy the summer and doing stuff, but you had something else that was going on even before you knew that Jeremy was selling. You had, you had found some rabbit hole that you fell into. Um, Mm -hmm. Talk to us about some this rabbit hole that you stumbled upon
2: and kind of where it's now led you, Ben. Yep. So then I, I yes, I did not take my advice again, um, <laughs> but that wasn't advice yet. This was advice that came, <laughs> came after that, to be honest okay. with you. But All right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, while I was uh, figuring out now, what am I going to do with my life? So I had done the owned a business, sold a business, worked for a giant corporation, worked for a smaller one and got let go. Um, then I had, what, you know, where am I going to go? And I did decide I was going to take some sort of pause and figure that out. But I knew, I knew known through that, that if I was going to work, um, and when I was going to work again, that I was going to work for my own business that I had, that was a decision I made and I stuck with and I stand by and I would give advice on, um, during uh, COVID, I, and I was already doing this, so I own a company now called Wild Birds Unlimited, and it's a franchise that um, specializes in the business of backyard bird feeding. So we sell bird seed, bird feeders, bird houses to folks that wanna connect with nature. And during COVID, um, it became a very, very, very popular pastime. People were stuck at home and they were staring out their windows And they went, I'm sprucing up my house. You remember the Home Depots of the world and stuff kind of blew up during that time because everybody was like, well, I might as well redo my home. I'm sitting in it all day, every day. I might be here forever. Um, That business blew up as well. And there is one, um, I'm an avid nature person. And there's a store, a location um, two miles from our house. And we became customers of theirs. And we really, really enjoyed the... Was very calm, very nice. Everyone <laughs> there wanted to be there. <laughs> very, very when you work different. in the collision industry, people have just had the worst <laughs> days of their lives. Right? I just got in a car accident. um Nobody wants that. Right? When you go by birdseed, <laughs> you want to buy it, and you want to feed these cool creatures that are outside. You know, with all kind of neat mannerisms and fun stuff they're doing, and you're watching them and I call it nature TV, and it's never, it's never the same episode over again. Um, anyway, we were a customer, and they're a franchise, and they have a link on their website that says, "Would you like to be a franchise owner?" And I had learned, as we talk about in the beginning of this, a business owner should always look at opportunity. Why not, right? All right. So I clicked on the link, and there is a very <laughs> nice gentleman that contacts you, um, named Paul. He was very convincing. He's very, 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 very nice guy. Um, told me all about their program and how it worked. And there happened to be a store for sale about 45 minutes from our house in Cuyahoga Falls that was fully running 14 year, 10 year uh, ma- manager, you know, the whole thing. I'm actually, I should take that back 16 years. They had been there 14 year manager. Um, and was, another kind of right place, right time for me, other than the fact that I didn't take any time off. So we jumped right into an LOI and then a purchase agreement with those folks and we were off to the races. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you
1: closed on that purchase. I think it was right after Thanksgiving. Was, this, was it December of 21? Yeah, yeah months ago?
2: Uh, December of 21 was our start date, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. I, I, again, you, you did push it back a little bit. You, you, you took those couple months because I remember you said, hey, we're going to buy it but here's where we're going to buy it. And just, you know, and you're, you know, it was good. I was very proud. You're you very firm about it. Um, two months is a long time for you not to do anything. So that's what, I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's part of the challenge too. You know, it, you know, it's, you know, sitting still is not, is not in many of our natures. Um, it's not, it's not it's, That's not a bad thing. So, but uh, you'd, you'd mentioned um, when you were with DNS that, you know, you, your your spouse Dawn, was, was part of the business for, for a while, um, and she, you know, now joined you as part of you know because she she had left be- before the sale, so she didn't stay on the painter, So she she took she took some time off, and she, you know she's taking time off for both you guys, I guess, right? But th- this is her chance to maybe kind of get you know get get back involved again. And so, um, talk about that a little bit in terms of just you know what's it like to work with your spouse. You know, you, you've had a couple different scenarios now, you know, where she came in, the DNS was really kind of your business, I would probably say. And so, you know, she probably felt like, you know, even though she was there, she may felt more, more like an employee it was really kind of more your place. Whereas I got to believe it with, with wild birds. Now this is both you guys kind of doing it together. So talk a little bit about that in terms of what's it like to kind of go into business with your spouse and how's that, how's
2: it been going for you?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So you're hundred, you're hundred percent right there. It was DNS was my business and she saw herself as an employee. Um, and I quite frankly ran it like that. I was just used to steamrolling things and that's kind of what I did. Um, and that that actually created some of its own challenges. I think that was probably the biggest challenge is eventually she was like, well, I'm part of this too. Uh, our <laughs> bank accounts are commingled, you know. Um, and that took me a long time to understand. And I probably didn't fully understand it, honestly, until we did start the Wild Birds thing because we went into that as 50-50 owners. Um, instead of me being 100% owner in the other business. So, uh, but we, we you know, we, we talked about that and we worked through that. We've done that before. Um, the challenges involved there are, we're two different people, but this is also a pro. So I am kind of, I like to look at myself kind of like a boat. Like I like to cut through the water and then there's this wake behind me and I'm not good at cleaning it up. I'm, I'm (laughs) messy. Um, but I could get there, right. I break the ice and we're going to get there, you know, but I don't know what's going on behind us. Uh, and she, she was very excellent at the admins uh, is very excellent at the admin side. So all of the missing pieces and the forgotten calendar dates and the, the didn't pay this and didn't file that, um, she fixed all that, which, which was in my case, incredible because like I said, I'm, I'm messy that way. Um, But it made it tough for a while to keep that out of, out of a house. You know what I mean? So not beyond 24/7. there were some challenges with that at one point we're, we're definitely pretty good at it now. And like I said, going into this one um, we had some opportunities to go through kind of, you know, everything that we talked about earlier. So we've kind of been there, done that. So this business was much more strategic. You know, what's your role? What's my role? What are we gonna do? What are we not gonna do? How long are we gonna do this? How big is this company gonna be? What, you know, money is involved? You know, how much do we need to make? Um, We made very strategic decisions on that this time, which has helped us, I think, make good decisions or and not get caught up in the you know in a, in a spousal type argument um we, we still can have them from time to time it happens or again i'm still the same person i'm <laughs> you're still smashing breaking things. <laughs> like you forgot this you forgot that you know and and um
0: when you're when you're, when you're- you get these situations when you least expect that they come out of nowhere usually it's not a big <laughs> tangible event the joy right. of being married
2: yeah <laughs> yeah no and it's um so luckily we've been able to really find a way you know i'm, I'm still driving it and you know, the, the size of the company i think she's along for the that i want it to be she's along for the ride um but when it comes to actually running the company um in this case she's very involved so we have you know, a weekly managers meeting with our managers and she's got notes and she's got ideas and, um, she's got input. Uh, she runs, we have a, a, you know, we, like I said, we sell bird seed and bird related items. We also have a gift department, which is, so we do some retail gifting type items items. She's a hundred percent in control of that. Um, so I, I think it's for us, it's great. Uh, if you can find a way to compartmentalize it and we, we've done that again. She has her role. I have mine. We don't work in the office face, you know, desks facing each other, getting each other's faces all day, every day. She, we kind of almost work different hours. And while I'm in here with you guys, you know, shit, that's when she'll go do something else. Right. Um, and kind of vice versa with the, with the business. So that, my advice with that is to not, if you're keyed into each other all day, every day, um, I would think that would be a struggle, but we found a way to break that up. We try really hard not to do anything work-wise. On Fridays, we try to keep our schedules open on Fridays. Um, Are we still busier than I want to be? We are. Um, Have we taken that wonderful vacation this year? We didn't. she was off for two years, as, as you said, Adam, she had left, you know, right at the beginning of the other, uh, the sale. So, um,
0: do you have time to, to enjoy the birds at all? Cause they, you guys are both, uh, like you say, nature lovers, including birds, it's a big part of it. Yeah, we, oh, we
2: absolutely do. So we have eight feeders at our house and they're doing all kinds <laughs> of different things at different times. Um, so no, we absolutely do. Um, Yeah. I, I, like I said, my advice generically is understand your roles and try to stay in those roles. Because if I get into her box, it gets messy. And if she gets into mine, it gets messy and it could even be resentful in some way, you know, Hey, I know what I'm doing. Um, this and the same with, with, with her, I've learned to kind of take on some of her ways of doing things. Um, that are ultimately better, especially when it comes to filing and emails and all those kind of things. Um, even though I do it reluctantly,
1: sometimes. <laughs> well, you've always been coachable as far as we've known you, Ben. So yeah, you, you know, you don't just roll over. You're like, you'll want to understand. You'll do a little bit of battle to make sure, okay, this stands the test and it'll it, it'll be good. Um, yeah, your point is, you know, it's it's another thing. It's part of your your relationship, and and now it's it's always there. Yeah, you know, it's always there. Something you guys, you know, you probably talk about stuff, and um, you know, taking all the learning you've had, right? Because you you have a you've had a lot of learning to get to this point, point. and so you take it all and kind of bring it together. So as I was listening to you kind of talk about it, you know, of course, you know, our brains are wired to the seven keys, and you know, as you're talking about that, you're hitting all you're hitting all the seven keys, buddy. You're going right through. Hey, here's the vision. You know, how big do you want to be? What, you know, what's that first year look like? How much money do we have to make? What, what's our profit look like? We see our markets, and you're you're, you're describing you're describing that that nirvana like you know music plays very calming you know atmosphere it's you know, you know things are looking good your point about the organization in terms of, okay you, know, you have things in place too so one of the things that you know was key for you guys in buying the, the, that that first store was that they had um you know people in place so you know i think you joked about it. you said look you know i try to stay out of the store because when i go in the store i screw stuff up you know, i come in and, and, and you're very aware of your your power as the owner and then you come in and you say stuff, it might be just you thinking out loud or something like that. And people take it as, a, oh, we got to change this and move stuff. Like, well, no, no, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud, out loud here, folks, you know? So that's different for you, right? Cause again, you know, um, I guess the intensity level, you know, cause you're saying that you're still a little, a little busier than you guys wanted to be. But, you know, talk about that a little bit in terms of just, you know, what's it like now in terms of how you're running it versus, you know the way you described, you know DNS and the, I, obviously your, your your brief time with Jeremy too. But that was a lot. From what I can sense, it was a lot more intense. But you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So talk a little about you know how it is different because you've been strategic about it. You know, you know as you said,
2: intense is the right word. Um, I worked for Jeremy like it was my own business, and I had directives to accomplish. In this business, we went into it with uh, the mindset was that we weren't going to work at the store. It's a retail location. Um, there is a mall down the street from our house. You go to the mall and there is a Bath and Body Works in there. And Mr. Bath and Body Works does not work there. <laughs> so how do they do that? Um, there's got to be a way, right? Uh, so... And Painter Supply, quite frankly, did it, right? Um, And Jeremy did it on a lot of levels. He he stayed out of a lot of the other shops. And so I I learned, you know, a lot of that watching that. And I set this one up going in from the very beginning, telling the employees, I don't work here. Um, Dawn and I do not work here. We do culture. We do admin. We make sure the bills get paid. The insurance is done. You know, uh, growth is our side of it. And your side of it is the day to day, and the store is yours. The face of the store is you. The customers are going to know you, not us. Um, I've learned, quite frankly, that that's a big mistake that a lot of owners make. I have to do it, I have to be the business. If you want it done right, <laughs> do it yourself. Those types no, you're of things. Right. Yeah, those are you're getting in your own way. Um, and I can't stress that enough. I, 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 to this day, I have friends that are business owners and I constantly consult them with you're doing it wrong. Why are you doing this? Is, is there a broom in your hand? Like what, what, what's going on around here? <laughs> um, you know, well, like a, the kid doesn't know how to sweep. Well, that it, you better figure that out. Either teach them or get a new kid. Um, Because you you can't spend your time doing that stuff. So we set that expectation right away. And it really actually empowered the employees. Like the manager, who I said had been there for 14 years, all of a sudden she's like, oh, this is really my store. You're not going to come in and like grill me every single day about every single little thing. No, I'm going to set up a set of standards. You're going to be in control of fulfilling those standards. I'm not going to talk to the other people on the team about why they're not being fulfilled. I'm going to talk to you. Um, and yes, that has, by, I mean, by we're too busy, we're, that's just, I think you meant, you said, Adam, it's just in my nature, I, I to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, so that it's busy personal and business, to be honest with you, that I, that I wanted it to be. But on the other hand, I go to the store once a week. And the only reason I go there is because I go to a chamber of commerce meeting every week. Um, and so I'm there in Cuyahoga Falls. So I go in, or actually both of us go in for a couple of hours. It's open seven days a week, and I spend four hours a week probably physically in the store. Um, so, no, I do have a lot more free time, to your point. Again, being busy is relative, right? i got just plenty of things to be busy with. But when it comes to work, um, I don't do that. I don't, uh, And we don't talk about it in the evening when i get out of this interview with you guys you know and it's 4 30 ish or whatever i'll go out and putz around in the yard or something that my day is over i won't i won't harp on work anymore um i try to do some stuff in the morning get through emails get through you know i handle marketing and some things of that nature and any stuff that might need to be done or said with the manager um and i'm currently working on we're in a um already in a purchase agreement with a second location. Uh, I work on that for a few hours and I'm out. I don't, if I go, I can't run the cash register in the store. So keep me away from it. <laughs> Good.
1: Well, so, so yeah. So, you know, you, you kind of hinted at this a little bit. Why don't you, you, would you mind sharing a little bit what you're, you're thinking about in terms of what you're, you know, what are your plans? You know, you know, you know, do you, do you, you and Don have a, a five or 10 year vision in terms of what you guys are trying to do. And I'm, I'm teeing it up for you because, I'm gonna guess this is this is your second appearance, but I'm gonna guess we we might have a third appearance. You know, if if you're gonna do what I think you're gonna do, and uh, what you're gonna talk about here. So would you mind sharing with us, kind of, here's what what the plans are for for the Wild Birds Unlimited for for uh, for you and Dawn.
2: So they there. Um... Yeah, on average, they're a little bit smaller, um, or quite frankly, a lot smaller than my business was. And they are smaller than Jeremy's stores or businesses were as well on some level. Um, so it's uh, my goal, quite just to be honest with you, is to own five of them. I wanted to do it within three years. I think we're struggling to maybe meet that goal. So let's say five in five years. Um, monetarily, on average, that equals enough money to if we had three to five stores, I can pay an ops manager to be the front line for all those locations, which is what Rich did for DNS, which is what I did for Jeremy. Um, so I could see how that process works, put in this front line person, and you can have them do that front line stuff. Uh, and then I will focus on more acquisitions keeping relationships with banks, uh, understanding what the selling cycle is, what the market's going to do. Um, we talked about that with DNS. We saw the market, right? Hey, it's consolidating. This this is what the future potentially looks like for you. Um, so I'm watching that really close. Um, I, I We have a 10 year plan currently um, to be to own at least those five locations. And then I would love to actually groom an ops manager and potentially sell them all at one time to that ops manager or another aggressive owner like myself who wants to pick up basically a territory, you know, all at one time. And that is happening. So this business is our, was very independently owned. Uh, matter of fact, 10 years ago, I think there was like one or two multiple store owners. And now literally 50% of the 370 stores I think there is now are multi-unit operators. So it's turning multi-unit. And if I can build a multi-unit and then sell it turnkey to another multi-unit person um, with the math that I know about the business and if my goals come true, that would put us in a – could retire or come up with some other (laughs) – Crazy! Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna retire. You're
0: gonna retire and do full-time bird watching, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> Is that how's the how's the franchise Or how are they? How how do you how would you categorize them? Are they young? Are they old? Are they making good profits? Are they happy? They're gonna be around until they die, or what? What's the yeah.
2: That's a that's, that's a good question, Jack. Um, so they're great uh, to be as as an as an organization. They're great. Um, they really they do have some wonderful people in place. Um, the founder of the company is getting up there in age a little bit, and I will tell you the current talk for me and for someone who wants to be there for say ten years. Um, what is he going to do in that 10 years? And I don't think, I think there's a good chance it's not own the franchise. So, uh, I am being very careful about what that looks like and all that kind of stuff. However, um, he is, he's currently, he is very strong on how they're going to treat franchisees, what their product is going to be, what they're going, you know, how they go to market. Um, they protect that heavily and they really do um they care about the the franchisee in my opinion and and they're growing they're they're growing a lot and they they there's a lot of room to grow currently wild birds unlimited sells three percent of the bird seeds sold in northern america hey (laughs) hey, well they're only selling three percent what are they doing I look at that and say, well that means that we got 97% to go. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> great job. That's a great. Right. So if we can tap into that and that's my that's the franchisees job on some level is to try to locally, they do it nationally, we do it locally, try to tap into how do we get people that buy their bird seed currently from our competitors, you know, to buy it from us? And again for me, that seems like opportunity. When I was at DNS Color Supply, a, it was a consolidating business. We were loot. The guys like Jeremy were selling. Um, people were disappearing. They were getting older. They were leaving the business. The customers were harder and harder and harder to get. And this is to me an open an open market if you can um, if you can find a way to tap it.
1: Yeah, if you got ninety seven percent available, that's a, that's a, that's a huge market to tap. I want to take a little different tack in the franchise piece. You know, you know what do you say to somebody? So, so given your, your tremendous experience, Ben, what the hell are you doing buying a franchise? I mean, you know this stuff, right? Don't you, Ben? I mean, you know, so 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 tell me, you know, tell somebody, well, why would somebody with, with your experience and your knowledge and all stuff you've done, why why on earth would, would you buy into a franchise and have to pay a franchise fee?
2: For me, it was the instant infrastructure. Um, I didn't have to build it. Um, I don't have to be on the front line of it every day. Um, there's resources available to me that weren't available to me in the past. Um, I find that I can tap a lot of smart, hardworking folks that have done this for longer than me. And that includes people at the franchise and actually franchisees. So there is... 300 of these people like me out there that that have done this anywhere from one to 25 years that you can contact and say, wait, what about this? What about that? How how come? Why did you do this? Don't do that. Um, and I felt like a lot of other businesses at, at, at my age and my income and my like goal sets, it just didn't fit for me to kind of start over and reinvent some new business or get into something that was ultra aggressive, ultra competitive. Um, but yet, you know, I'm still running my own business. So day to day, they don't contact me either. There's, there's no do this or else. I mean, they have some do this or else's when it comes to marketing, for instance, you know, you got to use their branding and you know, they the store, the way that it looks like a Chipotle. When you go to a Chipotle, it looks like a Chipotle. Right. They tell you how to do that. And if they change it, you got to change it too. Right. Um, okay, great. So every once in a while they want to change up their marketing. Well, they learned that marketing through national marketing. Great. All right. Tell me how to do it. You're telling me if I like the place different that I'm going to change buying habits, I'll buy some lights. Great. Um <laughs> That was for me how I looked at it. Again, is that for everybody? Um, maybe not, you know, because there are some constraints like that. They can today they could send an email that says you have to change the sign on your store within the next year. Well, what's that cost? Ten thousand dollars. Oh, my God. I'm not spending ten thousand dollars. Yes, you are. You're yes, getting you are. a new sign. <laughs> yes, you are. Right. Or you're not going to be in <laughs> compliance and we can punish you and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, you know, um, I think it gives me kind of a little bit of, um, the best of both worlds. Like I'm getting, it's a give and take, it's a symbiotic relationship where it's not all on me. And I, again, to be able to buy a store that's already running that from day one, I didn't have to be there. I'm, yeah, I'm paying a franchise fee. I'm making less, maybe personal dollars. Maybe than I made before from a, you know, from a percentage or ratio standpoint, um, but I don't work there. Right. <laughs> so to me, that's like a no brainer. Like that right. I get paid money to not go there.
1: Well, so, so I'm listening to you talk, but, you know, one of the words that was coming to mind, Ben, is community. You know, In terms of when you talk about the, you know, not only the folks at the franchise or, but the franchisees themselves. And so you're now part of this big community all of a sudden, right? You know, you joined, you know, you, you mentioned like DNS feeling like, like a family, like, look, okay, you're now joining this family that you're, you're getting to know. You guys get together once a year for your if your annual you know your annual uh franchise events you get to you, you get to know those people and you know you talk about not 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 all being on you not, not doing it all alone and so you know uh to be able to reach out to a 20 year franchisee and talk to them you know and, and and they'll probably laugh yeah okay i i had that same issue year three here's you know here's what i did right but uh you know, to to have that. I mean, as I was listening to you kind of talk, that that was one of the words that kind of came to mind. In terms, and you're, um, you know, we, we know on your personal side in terms of like your your whole van community, right? So that's part of what you know, you, you know, you kind of resonate to that as well. I think, and so I, I think that's part of maybe why you feel very comfortable with, with this, um, you know, being being a good landing spot for you guys.
2: It is, and the, and the also the community thing. I would add to that is that's part of the. These, these businesses are very community based, you know, the retail organizations that you need to drive to. And so you're not gonna, you don't need to, you can order from us online. Um, but you, if you live in LA, you know, this is an Amazon. If you live in LA, you're probably not gonna buy your birdseed from Cleveland. Right. Um, I don't. I wouldn't even advise it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, however, you know, uh, so we are in a, in, a, in a somewhat of in a bubble environment. And what it does is it really forces you to be involved in the local community which is really cool because my last business was more B2B. So we didn't do a whole lot of that. And now one of my jobs is, for instance, we're a sponsor with a local microbrewery. And I have to unfortunately go to the microbrewery now and drink beer. (laughs) Talking over strategy. And talk to people about (laughs) looking at birds. You know what I mean? So my job for the evening, uh, one evening, is to literally go do that. Um, and so I find that fun and I find it, you know, something I enjoy. Um, but at the, at the same time, we're giving back to the community that we're helping this microbrew, another business owner in our community grow. They're helping us grow. I'm learning from him now, you know, so they're running a business. As you guys know, there's a lot of similarities. As doesn't matter if it's beer or birds are um, right. dealing with similar challenges. Right. So now I've got a new mentor or business partner, you know, someone I can talk to about maybe even other opportunities. Hey, you gonna open another one of those breweries? I might uh might be interested in that, you know. Um and so that gives me um being in a franchise gives me those opportunities in in my opinion. Right.
1: No, it's good. it seems like you're, you know, you use the word fun, I was gonna say it's like you're you're having fun again, you know, in terms of you know what's going on. And and I think too many people lose sight of that. You know, so so kind of enjoying what you're doing. The fact that you're also doing some good stuff like that too. I mean, that's just that's a big part of this. You know, and so you know, taking all that learning that you've had to be able to start to apply it to this and and, and see those opportunities. You know, so to me, that's just uh, that's that's a fantastic way to go about doing these things. And uh, like I said it, it, it fits for what you've um, you know what you've done. You know, and, and like I said, you seem so much more relaxed you know you know we've we've known you for a long time we've seen you through a lot of ups and downs and just doesn't seem like you know again you're in a very very good place right now in terms of just uh, um, how things are and and i went back and listened to 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 our original podcast recently with you and you talked about you know as you were given some of your history in terms of you know you weren't really a big fan of school and you said well it wasn't I, that i don't, don't like to learn stuff so i don't want to learn what they're talking about right so you've always been very curious so as you're describing sitting down with the owner of the of, of the brewery i can see you just asking a million questions because because you're curious and you want to know this stuff and hey there's stuff this guy's doing that might apply to me you know it's and, and stuff, stuff that we're doing right and so um you know so that whole idea and, and, as you said at the outset here just turns of one of the things you learn about business is to be open to those opportunities you know and and start to explore them a little awesome. bit and see And I guess recognizing that you don't know everything, you know, and so that's a, you know, that's one of the, I think the great things that's, that's led to your, your success over the years, Ben, as far as what we've been able to see. So a lot of good stuff there. So I I want to be conscious of our time. You know, these interviews always go for, 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 for a while. And like I said, I know we we, we could talk to you for, for longer. We'll probably have to have you back, but I wanted to make sure I gave you a chance. Is there anything else that, that you wanted to, to bring up or talk about or, 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 or stories that, that you wanted to share with with, uh, with us today?
2: The only thing I would add, and thank you, Adam, and thank you, Jack, um, for having me again and for working with Dawn and I over the years. And it's been nothing but positive and, and It's just nothing but positive, nothing but good to say. Um, The only thing I would add, you brought up me being happier and you know me and and what we've done differently. This is the first time in my life that I've been strategic about my life. Um, I've always been somewhat strategic about it. And I've been learning that more and more and more. But I started literally falling into it. The no school as we started this, you know, into this. And I would say that to anyone out there um, who is looking to have more happiness, more free time, um, take control of their life, being strategic, sitting down and really analyzing what it is you want to do, when you want to do it, being decisive, not having fear. Um, we talked about key employees, you know, in the past, moving those people out, bringing the right, bright people in, uh, elevating folks you know that's a great opportunity in this business for me to elevate folks um and be just being decisive about that in general why you're doing this how you're doing it is just a a generic statement i would like to make that that can change your life when you know what you're doing and why you're doing it it is the ultimate freedom for me (laughs) good words good words ben yeah.
1: Very, very well said. And it, it makes sense. Like you described how you, you got the job at DNS. It was like, yeah, it's just something to kind of do part-time. And I like, you know, it was just, it was all it was right in front of you. Now that you've taken time to kind of step back a little bit and okay, let me take a breath and let's see, you know, let's, let's see if I can do it this way. And it sounds like, okay, even though it's a new, it's a new thing for you. It's been going pretty well so far, which is fantastic. Which is why I know, I know we're going to have you back on again in a few years after we we see how you did. And, and Jack, I'll call the shot now there's going to be more than just wild birds I can guarantee in the next five years with Ben. We'll see. I'm not sure what the hell it's going to be, but if it involves breweries, I'm all for that too. So, you know, you know, um, Jack's more of a, he's not a Bud Light guy. He's a, he's a Miller High Life guy, but so, so, so it's (laughs) like craft breweries. I'm not sure, but you know, he likes to hang out in breweries too. So we'll, we'll see. We should, uh, we should go to that
2: one sometime and have a beer. They, oddly enough, they have a bird in their logo. (laughs) Well, Hey, (laughs) just, Just put it all together. I I don't know. That's who it. Knows.
1: They, the the bird theme. That's gonna be the title for the show, Jack. What do you think?
0: Bird bird in the hand. That should be the title for the show. That'd be a good one. Yeah, it's a good name. <laughs> who who supplies? Who manufactures seed? Who's a big seed maker?
2: So we so do. Uh,
0: Import it a lot, or uh, yeah, the the, the
2: the one of the big companies we deal with is called Lizzie Mays and uh, there's an, another big one called Centerra. So they're so, um, a lot of Amish folks around here is typically who you're buying from. Um, the largest exporter, quote manufacturer of sunflower seeds in the world is actually the Ukraine. Yeah, I read so, that. Uh, yeah. yeah, very interesting connection into my business as uh, Ukraine. Now, <laughs> we don't in our side of the business use Ukrainian sunflower seeds, but um, they're they're primarily used in the food and or you know for making oil and things of that nature. But because that market is now decimated, a lot of our market, you know, people are buying from who, who we would buy from. So they're splitting up the markets basically um, because of the whole Ukraine um, Russia war. So it is an interest. It's a global, seed is a global item, just like every, a lot of other foods. You know, mm-hmm. there are some, you know, obviously avocados can only be grown in certain places, but de- seed is pretty. Pretty worldwide, it's almost like a wheat or a you know a grain. There's a lot of different places where that can be grown. So yeah, it's a very interesting market. But we there's primarily in Northern America, probably about six big distributors, and then they they just buy directly from farmers.
0: Interesting, it
2: is. That's that's very interesting. Yeah, a lot of localized stuff.
0: Well, you can go vertical, become a seed manufacturer.
2: So the seed supplier that we purchased from is that is exactly what he did. He grew from a he sold bird seed and is now a bird seed distributor. And they're currently they just opened up national distribution.
0: Hmm, Who has the population? The population is going to keep growing. Three hundred fifty million people. We're going to have a lot more every year. Then. You know the the market, it's perfect. I mean, back to nature is the 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 way to go for a lot of people. And no,
2: I'm I'm excited about this. This is good. Well, that's why, you're why I'm doing good. I stare at birds all day. There's a lot of calming in that.
1: <laughs> that's a lot of time for strategic thinking when you're staring at birds, right? That's a, that's a good way to do it. I love it. And who knows recommend? About, I, I was saying, who knows about distribution on this call, Jack? Oh wait, you know, Ben knows about paint distribution. What's the difference between paint distribution and seed? I mean, there's a lot of a lot of similarities. Again, coming back to one of the things that that, that I think you're discovering, Ben, and the <laughs> more folks you talk to now, as you you have time to do this. Is just how similar business is, and something we've been talking about for years. Which is the, the the product or the service, you know, that's you know, it's not it's 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 good, but you know that, that knowledge is not what's enabling. So you you've what you just described to us about what you know about bird seed now. You didn't know that a couple of years ago. You know it now because you're in the business of it, right? So you kind of learned it. You didn't need to know that going in. So it's another thing for, for people to kind of know, it, and it's one of those big myths. Like, I have to be an expert in the product. No, you don't. You know, if you buy the right kind no, of business, right? You know, Your 14-year manager SKUs. is the expert. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, my last
2: business moved SKUs, and now this business moves SKUs.
1: Right, so... Wow well this is, this has been awesome Ben again, thank you so much for, for, for coming on with us again and, and sharing uh, yes, definitely the, the, the update of your story and uh, uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun to have you on again. Um, for, the, for for the audience again, like you said uh, we've got almost 400 more episodes like this. Um, not all interviews but other uh, uh, advice for small business. If you want to get those episodes, you can go to our website dirtysecretsofsmallbusiness.com. If you click on the episodes tab, you'll see a search bar there. You can search for whatever question or comment or topic that you're looking for, it'll feed back to you whatever shows we've done on that topic. Uh, if you haven't, or if you don't see a topic that or, or a show that fits what you're looking for, you can reach out to us by email at radio at maximumvp.com or give us a call 330 849 0670. We'd be happy to either answer the question for you directly, or we can do like we, did, you know, we do often we'll create a show and, and, and help answer the question because chances are. If you've got the question, somebody else does as well. They'll be happy that you asked it. Um, if you prefer to listen on your smart device, we're available on all the major podcast players, whether it be Spotify, iHeart, Apple Podcasts. If you search for Dirty Secrets of Small Business, just hit this, the uh, subscribe or follow button. It will be delivered right to your smart device. We usually drop a new episode every Thursday morning. So it'll be right there. You can get all the old episodes there as well. So we really appreciate you listening. Um, that's all we got this week. We'll be talking with you all next week.